0: Money FM 89.3, best of the evening runway. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian Now, today we're going to talk about a gaming company that has a triple headed snake trademark. Now, does Razer come to mind? While well founded in 2005, Razer is widely recognized as a leading brand for gamers in the US, Europe, and China. With a fan base that spans every continent, the company has designed and built the world's largest gamer-focused ecosystem of hardware, software and services. It also has 16 physical stores around the world, including 11 in the US, and the rest in Taipei, Hong Kong and Singapore. Now, Looking ahead, the firm's CEO, Min Liang Tan, outlined the firm's plans to expand to 100 outlets with the initial focus on North America and doesn't rule out a public offering in the US. But what are the drivers of growth Razor sees in the gaming space that would support such a network of physical stores and could moving into lifestyle products be the key to extending Razer's sphere of influence now speaking of lifestyle products Razer seems to be doubling down on partnerships with luxury brands working with Italian fashion house Doge and Gabbana on a line of clothing with watch brand Panerai on the new watch and supercar brand Automobili Lamborghini on a gaming laptop and the move comes as non-gaming brands seek to tap the gamer demographic. The question is: how far can such partnerships boost Razer's top and bottom lines and position it as the go-to gaming company for the affluent? Lots of questions, and for the answers, I have with me Eddie Tan, Global Head of Lifestyle Division
1: at Razer. And uh, Eddie, welcome. Thank you, Tian Tian. It's a pleasure um, to be here with you uh, and on the Money FM. Thanks for the introduction. You have very adequately and aptly introduced uh, us. But when it comes to describing our brand, the Razer brand, there's really so much that uh, I can share and I would love to share um, with uh, everyone over here. So what started out uh, as uh, the brand that introduced the world's first gaming mouse, a product that a lot of the gamers themselves did not know that they need at that time, we were the prime mover. Then moving on to uh, being a prime mover also on esports. Uh, fast forward to um, today, 2023, since we have founded the brand by our CEO and co-founder, Min Liang Tan. In short, we call him Min uh, in a more endearing way. Today we have built uh, the largest end-to-end ecosystem that we have for gamers. And how did we do that? I think um, sounds complicated, but I would say it's also pretty straightforward um, where a lot of us in Razer ourselves, as part of Team Razor, as gamers ourselves, we put the gamers, our community, that we strongly engage with in the middle of everything that we do. We want to build phenomenal product for them. We want to be um, part of their lives. Be it gaming or non-gaming. This is what we are known for today, not only for our award-winning gaming hardware, but we are also the world's leading lifestyle brand for gamers. And therefore, our core value, something that we strongly believe in for gamers by gamers. Well, for gamers, by
0: gamers. So just to take uh, the listeners through, you guys work on hardware, software, and the peripherals like gaming chairs, headsets, laptops. And on that note, let's talk a bit about business verticals, Eddie. I believe Razer has product verticals ranging from your PC gaming, mobile and console, gaming laptop, lifestyle products. So where does the lifestyle division fit in all of this?
1: I would say lifestyle as a division. Um, it's a relatively new division in Razer. While the other three divisions mentioned focus a lot on hardware, the lifestyle of division is a proponent. We see ourselves as a division that serves a different purpose in the company's overall strategy. Gaming is a lifestyle. It is a culture today. We believe that that extend to the way gamers express themselves, be it through their apparel, um, even through their gaming gear, pledging their allegiance to a brand that they believe in, um, where we work with uh, also multiple um, different non-endemic brands uh, on, in terms of partnership to bring a fun element to bring excitement and as a way of us strongly believing in engaging with uh, this core community of ours. So some of the partners that we have worked with really range from the endemic side of things. We have worked with um, games like uh, Roblox, uh, PUBG, uh, Cyberpunk, all the way to the very recently launched collaboration with uh, Dolce & Uh, As far back as to... Like for example, I've done, um, or, rather, or rather my team has done a collaboration with uh, Tumi. I would say that was very timely. People will be wondering why do that in the midst of uh, what started out uh, in the middle of uh, the pandemic. Turned out to be something very timely. When we were ready to launch uh, a customized suite of travel gear in collaboration with Tumi, borders were starting to reopen. So that was greatly appreciated by a lot of um, uh, our fan base, our gaming community, who's really just dying to, to be out there and uh, you, you know basically just get back to life as normal as possible. Moving on from that, um, the next one that I'm, I want to share with uh, you today is something really interesting, interesting in a very meaningful way. Why did I say that? That is actually alluded, uh, alluding to uh, the partnership that we have with uh, Panerai, a luxury watch brand from uh, Italy and Swiss Made. What has that got to do with a uh, gaming brand? They, um, Basically, what started out uh, in sessions of uh, brainstorming, uh, which is actually a very natural course of us finding out more and understanding each other better, we realized that um, sustainability is really a huge focus for the two brands. So instead of um, focusing the uh, collaboration on a product partnership, we really wanted to, first of all, do good, give back to the environment, but that's not all. Understanding our reach, influence and what we can do in that space, sustainability, we actually joined forces to power to support sustainability. So we have also brought in a third party partner, Conservation International, where we also have announced and pledged our support to their co-ocean conservation um, initiatives, specifically the manta ray conservation. So there was something quite meaningful. But what translated uh, from there on was eventually uh, a timepiece, a co-branded watch that we both jointly designed because our communities were really asking us, hey, we love the work that you have done for sustainability. Thank you for giving back to Planet Earth, but can we be a part of this and own a piece of the collaboration? That is when we, well, I don't know if I should be saying, we caved in and we said, okay, let's do a sustainability-related product where you know we really worked uh, hard and fast with uh, the Panerai team. Every piece was handmade, 500 pieces, limited edition, and already sold out worldwide. So that was a massive success, not just in terms of the product that we launched, but the meaningful message behind. And more importantly, what we are trying to do to actually rally our both our communities together for a good cause. So that's Panerai. Hmm. So I do
0: want to talk a little bit more about your consumer segment because when we look at a gaming company, right, and the gaming scene, usually we talk about age, younger customers, but we don't really talk about what is the income level. If we look at the focus areas that your consumers are focused on, things like sustainability, things like lifestyle and, and luxury brands, It does suggest a certain level of spending power. So what is your target consumer segment like within the lifestyle division in terms of demographics and in terms of
1: the ability to spend also? I would say for sure you have nailed it in terms of us being a premium brand. Premium not just in terms of dollars and cents. Premium in terms of quality and about our motto in being phenomenal in bringing our product to life and for that to be shared with our gaming community. So that is very important for us. When it comes to key or specific uh, demographics that we are looking at or aiming for, I wouldn't say we have a specific target audience over there because today, like I mentioned, gaming is a lifestyle. It is a culture where it is also a culture and lifestyle that is very inclusive to the point where I would say uh, many years back, uh, especially when I was younger, uh, my parents would always, say, would always say, hey, stop gaming. But I would say today, um, parents, I would say, have stopped saying that to the point because they have also acknowledged knowledge that um, if you're a youth uh, and millennial and you're not gaming, you're not cool. Why are you not part of this very cool culture, right? So it has, um, I would say instead of uh, us, Uh, going from niche to mainstream. Mainstream has come to gaming. so And we welcome that, we embrace that uh, with our hands open. So I would say just to answer your question, long story short, there's no key demographic that we're trying to target. We are trying to see um, anyone who is proud to call themselves a gamer, essentially uh, anyone in the youth and millennial segment today, we welcome them with open arms uh, as part of our gaming community.
0: Mm. And let's talk a little bit more about industry positioning though, right? If we look at uh, Razer versus the gaming industry, it does seem like there are some players like Logitech, Turtle Beach, but within the lifestyle segment, What is your positioning strategy against uh, the other players? Are they even competing with you guys?
1: I love this question whenever I get this. Do we have competition? Who are our competitors? So on and so forth. I was waiting for that um, question. So basically, um, I would say there are many competitors, yet there are none. Why do I say that there are many competitors? Perhaps if I zoom in on okay keyboard, headset, mouse. We've got a couple of peers, you know, trying to be uh, at where we are. But if you look at what how I've described uh, or how the Razer brand today has become. We have the end to end ecosystem that is the largest for gamers. We've got verticals ranging from hardware, software and services. There there really isn't another gaming lifestyle brand like us. We are basically just the lead when it comes to being a lifestyle gaming brand for gamers.
0: Hmm. I see. And let's take a look at your global footprint, Uh, Eddie. I believe Razer has 19 offices worldwide, a focus on North America, but really financially for the lifestyle division, which is the most important
1: market for you? I would say key markets was also where we started out, uh, essentially by our CEO, Min himself, uh, primary markets will have to be the US. Um, In fact, uh, we are dual headquartered um, here in Singapore. Also, double up as our Southeast Asia uh, sea headquarters. Um, actually, our another headquarter of ours is actually in Irvine in the US. So, US is an important market for us, uh, alongside uh, markets in the EU, uh, Europe, UK, Germany, France, uh, Asia Pacific, and China. You know, China has really a very strong gaming culture um, over there and Asia-Pacific has a very young demographic, a very young median age. So I would say we are pretty much global. Mm.
0: And let's talk about the role of the lifestyle division for Razor. We will talk about working with luxury firms through partnerships in just a bit, but how far is the division a significant profit driver for Razor? And also, what is the strategic value brought about by having a lifestyle division, say, maybe the flexibility for you to move into business verticals that's very different from the original line of business, which is gaming and gaming peripherals?
1: I would say we are, after all, uh, a business. We need to ensure that uh, operations uh, are smooth, seamless, to be able to bring uh, the great product that we do um, to the gamers, uh, no matter where they are. Uh, I think I want to bring the focus uh, to the, the gamers once again gamers is really at the heart of everything that we do so it's evident in our motor uh, hiring process and our daily operations even so this is this is mainly uh, it uh, at this point that uh, we are able to share
0: Mm, so very consumer-focused in that sense as to where you want to go. Uh, if you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Eddie Tan, Global Head of Lifestyle Division at Razer, And taking a look at the wider business environment, uh, Eddie, uh, Razer CEO Min liang He outlined the firm's plans to expand to 100 outlets, the initial focus in the US or the North America region. Now, if we look at the number of physical stores Razer has right now as a benchmark for your growth, um, The firm currently has 16 stores, so 16 to 100 is about a multiple of six. What are the opportunities in the gaming space to support this kind of growth trajectory? And are lifestyle products the key to
1: extending your uh, razor's sphere of influence? I would say gaming today um, has been growing tremendously uh, over the past few years. Uh, More so in the last couple of years, we have really seen numbers skyrocketed. Um, The addressable market that we are talking about will be um, billions of active gamers that uh, a lot of them we engage with on a daily basis. Again, we are very focused on them. Uh, We don't call them our consumer. We don't call them our customers. They are our community. People that we would love to be able to engage in various touch points every day. Uh, In fact, uh, we have got a lot of inbound requests uh, from our gaming community, from our community themselves, um, from wanting to own physical uh, products of ours to pledging their allegiance, wanting to be a part of this Razer culture. A lot of them actually have tattooed um, our logo, our very iconic triple-headed snake logo on themselves. And mind you, I'm talking about permanent uh, tattoos over here. So you can already identify that uh, and would have agreed with me that we have got a very uh, cult following, I would say, even at the scale that we are today. So we are very aware of uh, the various needs and asks, like I mentioned, uh, of the community. And we are striving really to towards fulfilling those needs. One of those would always be um, fan favourite, for example, um, the Razor Toaster, down to the the Razor Snakey Snake, our sustainability mascot. That has been a huge hit. I mentioned that we have got people tattooing our logos uh, on themselves, permanent uh, tattoos. Now with um, Snakey Snake, we even have gamers tattooing the cute-looking creature that is actually our sustainability mascot on themselves. This is really how passionate a fan base that we have. So we know um, we can no longer satisfy them with just hardware. We have been asking ourselves, because a lot of us are gamers, uh, we also are uh, a very passionate fan of our own brand. So we are constantly asking, what else do we need? I think we have come to realize a lot of these gamers, they are also very expressive. More often than not, in various ways. So we want to... Um, equip them uh, with uh, product, uh, these would be apparel, um, gear, bags that uh, will help them you know, take on the gamer aesthetic that they are so proud of. Wow, okay.
0: I, I really see that you guys are very customer-centric in terms of being at every different touch point of the customer. Um, but let's also zoom in on partnerships within the lifestyle division. It has gained increased traction in recent years. And if we look at recent partnerships, you guys worked with Toomey on a backpack and with Italian fashion house Dolce and Gabbana on a line of clothing, gaming chairs, with watch brand Panerai on a new watch, and with supercar brand Automobili Lamborghini on the gaming laptop. This move seems to come on the back of non-gaming brands trying to tap the gaming demographic. Tell us more about those partnerships. How far are they a win-win situation for both the luxury brands and also for razor
1: to begin with Tian, i would say when it comes to partnerships um, our vision is never to do many but to do really authentic organic and meaningful ones uh, that is always how we always uh, want to um, start with it comes to partnerships next uh, that will be considered would be uh, what do we really want to achieve Um, what should these brands be and more often than not uh, we want to partner with uh, best in class brands which is why you have already named a couple of them um third I think uh, this is also very important ones for the brand. And of course, us too, is the exchange of user base. It's really for exposure uh, of the brand to uh, very brand new audiences, very new target segments that we may not be able to reach uh, uh, in in the near term or or something like that, where um, we hope to actually achieve a win-win scenario through partnerships, uh, injecting some excitement to both our audiences. So you have mentioned a couple and I've also talked about uh, some. Um, to me was really timely. We were really so proud of uh, the product that we have jointly Uh, designed and collaborated on because we really took care of every design aspect of what travel gear in terms of backpacks, luggage that will really fit the lifestyle and needs of a gamer. And when borders reopened, that was just uh, something so opportunistic and timely. It was so well received. So that was, uh, to me, uh, a partner that we really appreciate, well known for their quality. Panerai, uh, really on sustainability, something so unexpected. First of all, you have, you will never expect a uh, 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 gaming giant, a brand like uh, Razer, collaborating with Panerai, and more so on sustainability. That is really just to exercise the influence that we have and rally both our audiences to do good and give back to planet Earth. Now, on to the latest uh, collaborations that um, we are working on and is still in the midst of the campaign. In fact, uh, we have just hosted, jointly hosted a launch event in uh, conjunction with uh, TwitchCon. Uh, in Las Vegas, just a couple of weeks back at Zook uh, Resorts World. That was really a massive success because all the gamers creators that were there in town attending that event, they all were looking forward to attending this uh, event of ours and we really just brought uh, TwitchCon to a high. Um, everyone uh, was were full of praises uh, for the event and they were also are uh, able to find out more about both brands, about & Bana, the long line of heritage uh they, they have. In fact, I believe next year is their 40th anniversary. Which is why if you look at the product that we have launched, uh, especially on the apparel side of things, you will see that actually we did a little bit of a throwback because um, we wanted to be in theme uh, with uh, uh, the uh, anniversary, 40th birthday next month. So we also brought back uh, the Razor uh, wordmark logo that uh, we had in the 90s uh, in celebration of that. Then I still remember what started out as uh, initial uh, brainstorming sessions with Doce & Gabbana, especially on a product that would make sense. Um, a very clear request came from them. Hey, let's do a gaming chair because I, I, I've had one of your gaming chairs and I really love the product that you do. Uh, and I said, why not? Because. Um, uh, as a firm believer of uh, our product, especially our gaming chair. And this is also in line with our lifestyle vertical. We now want to be a part of your life, be it at work or when you are gaming. So we want to be able to support, no pun intended, to support you well with uh, our gaming chairs that's really the best in the world. So I would say we've come a long way uh, with Oce & and we're in the midst of a very exciting campaign at this moment.
0: Mm, And don't mind me asking this, Eddie, you've got us very excited. Which would you say is the more successful or the most successful uh, partnership so far? And how do you measure success in that sense, if it is convenient for you to share?
1: This is a tough one, Tien. In fact, I don't think I have. I can choose one because like I said, every partnership that I do, uh, that the company, the Uh, does, um, I think they are meant to serve a very unique proposition, purpose, um, from sustainability to equipping the gamers on the go, and now on to exposing our gaming community to luxury So I would say what we want to drive towards with every partnership is really um, engaging uh, audiences, especially with ours, in a very authentic and organic, meaningful way. So as such, with that intention in mind, we always want to end up with a partnership that is authentic and meaningful. So it's really hard to choose one. There's no clear winner. Everyone is a winner here.
0: I'm sure because if you want to touch, uh, reach your customers at different points in their life and different areas of their lives, then it has to be very diverse partnerships that serves very different uh, purpose. But let's take a look at partnerships to Razer, right? How does such partnership position Razer as their go-to gaming company for the affluent, especially with you guys working with quite a number of luxury brands here, any ambitions to position Razer not just as a gaming company but to move away and to be a lifestyle company altogether in future?
1: We already are a lifestyle company at this point Um, so I wouldn't say we are actively positioning ourselves uh, as a lifestyle company because I think we pride ourselves as the lifestyle, leading lifestyle brand for gamers. Um, So from hardware, software, and services. Um, in terms of hardware, from uh, gaming peripherals like your mouse, um, keyboard, we have also we are also number one when it comes to uh, premium l- gaming laptops, uh, especially in the US. Now on to also the furniture business side of things. Um, that's why we included the uh, gaming chair uh, in the collaboration with Dolce & Gabbana. We did not just stop there, not just any ordinary gaming chair that uh, we jointly um, designed, but uh, we actually came up with uh, the world's first uh, Razer Chroma RGB uh, gaming chair. So basically, uh, there are lights, effects um, on the chair uh, that syncs up Gameplay,
0: uh, or even when you play music. I'm sure the business has become so integrated and uh, diverse as you move on over the years. And before we let you go, Addy, what are some future plans for Razer for the rest of this year and to the next? Any teasers for us gamers here in Asia or Singapore?
1: I would say we are constantly looking for uh, growth as a company. I think uh, this is only right that uh, uh, we are highly motivated uh, to always look at growth. Uh, for the group as a business, that's one. Number two, uh, our key focus will always be coming up with phenomenal products, not just hardware, but you know you know, we have uh, software and services uh, at this point. So I shall keep mum about what uh, we have in store, but we definitely have um, a couple of exciting, uh, announcements, projects that will come up as always. You know, Razor is just full of excitement. If there's no excitement, um, it wouldn't be Razor anymore. So we are constantly trying to outdo ourselves and continuously be phenomenal.
0: Keeping us excited as we await more news from your side. Uh, Well, thanks a lot, Eddie, and keep us updated when you have more announcements. Uh, That was Eddie Tan, Global Head of Lifestyle Division at Razor. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM,
1: please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.